All right. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Data Blitz podcast. Um, I'm trying something new today, and I guess going forward, I am going to be breaking out into redraft, dynasty, and daily formats. It's going to be three separate episodes per week with redraft coming on Tuesdays. Um, redraft is going to cover uh buys and sells for that week um waiver wire ads and then just some redraft specific news um so that's why redraft will be on tuesday for the waiver wire ad aspect i might add like a little dynasty um kind of note there and just say who you should add uh, for Dynasty, or maybe just do like a literal five-minute episode for Dynasty uh, ads on Tuesday. But um, yeah, I think combining the formats that, I, which is what I was doing before, and doing trying to cover all three in different areas. Um, I don't know; it's hard to do that because you don't really want to. Like, let's say you're a DFS only player, like you don't really want to take out the time to listen to some Dynasty stuff or just sift through it. Um, and I get that completely. Um, so I think it's kind of going to help break it out and, and to find more dedicated players of each, um, format of fantasy football. Um, so today is not Tuesday. Uh, today is Wednesday. So we're, uh, we're unfortunately going to be skipping the redraft episode this week. Uh, I'm still trying to get into like kind of the groove of everything and figure everything out. Um, so today, Wednesday is my favorite, the dynasty episode. Um, so for the dynasty episode, we're going to be doing a little news recap additionally. Uh, and then we're going to cover rookie risers and fallers every week and then do some kind of longer term player evaluations on guys that are good and, and trending up and guys that are kind of trending down. And then I might take a couple minutes just to talk about like one different team building strategy or dynasty strategy uh, per week. Um, and then Thursday, like we have been doing, uh, we're going to cover daily fantasy start sits. Um, and I might cover like a few stacks and uh, a few value plays that might be able to help out a little bit more with that. Um, last week, we did really well on our DFS kind of starts and sits. Let's say it was around like a 50% hit rate, but I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. And we're definitely trending in the right direction compared to the week before where every player was injured. Um, so for those of you that may have missed it, we had Matt Stafford, Brian Robinson, both kind of average. Uh, Brees Hall was kind of my start of the week. Um, you know, it was a, to me, an obvious pick that he was going to get some volume back and and kind of run through the Broncos' defense. Uh, Michael Pittman, I don't know how that injury to Anthony Richardson really impacted him. Garrett Wilson, one for two on the Jets players. Uh, Zay Flowers is pretty average. Uh, he probably could add some more points if it weren't for the drops. And then we had Dalton Schultz alongside Tyreek Hill and the Saints' defense, which those last three really carried us with Dalton Schultz with 19 and a half Tyreek Hill with 35 and the Saints D with 24. Um, so I guess we can jump right into 
the first part of the Dynasty episode. I know that, like, it's a little weird because I'm going to have to cover some of the news from this past weekend because I wasn't able to hit that Tuesday episode. Um, so we can get started with that. Uh, so we have Justin Jefferson on the IR um, from a Dynasty perspective because this is the Dynasty pod. Uh, don't sell Justin Jefferson for anything ever. Just don't do it. Um, there's no way that you can get anything worth it. You can get four first back and it's still not worth it. Uh, there's just no chance that we have another Justin Jefferson in the league. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase might be the only comparable player and I think it would still take like, I don't know. It's tough because of the quarterback situation in Minnesota and what they're going to do with Kirk Cousins. But I think Justin Jefferson's obviously the better talent. And I don't know, it might take like Jamar Chase in a first still to get Justin Jefferson. Like it's not that, that close, but yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase has a better quarterback, but more competition for targets. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough, tough question. Um, and we'll get into the impacts of the Justin Jefferson in, uh, injury in the rookie risers section. Hint, hint. Um, and I can hopefully cover who's going to benefit from that. Uh, additionally, we had Jonathan Taylor get a contract. Uh, this is a pro Jonathan Taylor podcast. Uh, I went to Wisconsin at the same time that he was there. He, my first uh, Badgers game was his first Badgers game. Um, so definitely really excited for him. You know, Jonathan Taylor is a top five dynasty running back. Selling him before that is tough because we didn't know if he was going to play this year and running backs have a short shelf life and I don't know. He could have always been in a bad situation, but now he's not. Now he's going to be playing there for like three years. He's getting a ton of money. He should be happy. And I think behind that O-line, let's look, make Zach Law, eh, make, has made Zach Moss look incredible. Um, Jonathan Taylor is just going to be amazing and feast. Um, Additionally, we had that Brees Hall come off snap count. Um, and he's going to start to get more reps going forward. Uh, we definitely saw the result of that this past week, and we should see him kind of blast off as a top five running back for the rest of the season, uh, barring any horrible game scripts. And then we have A-Chain go on the IR. Uh, that's tough. You know, I saw the injury coming to Moster, and I don't know really – how this impacts A-Chain from Dynasty perspective. Honestly, I think he's kind of locked in at the value that he had. Uh, and he's going to be sort of this guy that I think more games might have hurt him. Um, so it'd, it'd be a good time to sell him if you really want to, because everybody's going to assume that he's putting up 20, 20 points plus a game. And he's great, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um there could be a chance that he's not all that we thought he is or think he is. Um, and then next up, we have Anthony Richardson to IR. Uh, talk about this a little bit more in the rookie followers section, but Anthony Richardson really just cannot stay healthy right now. And it's said that he's going to miss four to eight weeks. So if you are somehow a contender, 
with Anthony Richardson on your team. Um, I know there probably aren't tons of you out there because he was like the second pick in rookie drafts. Um, but that's kind of tough. Uh, you might have to go get Minshew. I saw Minshew go for a third this past week. Um, and I just don't know what we are going to be able to do about Anthony Richardson going forward from a contender perspective because he's getting hurt a lot. He's a running quarterback. And I think this might be a start of a trend in his career. Um, hopefully he's able to stay healthy. Um, you know, you never want to see anyone get hurt, but you know, we've seen it with, you know, Cam Newton. He had like seven good years and, uh, I don't know. I feel like Anthony Richardson's kind of a different type of talent than RG three, but RG three went down pretty fast and it's just kind of a trend with running quarterbacks that they don't last as long as we'd want them to. Um, so with that, we can jump into the rookie risers section of today. Um, so I have first here, I have Bryce Young. Um, Bryce Young is probably not the biggest riser of the week, but it's good to see that he was able to actually do something this weekend. Um, you know, he had two touchdowns before this week, and I don't know why I'm missing week three stats here. Um, I'll grab week three stats while I talk. Um, but yeah, Bryce Young wasn't... Oh, he missed week three. Okay, sorry. Um, Bryce Young wasn't really showing that much before this game. Um, the... Had had 146 yards, 153 yards, 204 yards, and now 247 yards. So we're increasing that number every game. Um, our completion percentage has gone 52.6 to 66.7 to 78.1 against Minnesota. That's pretty incredible. Uh, to 61. So he's starting to get into the average completion percent. Um, area as well he did throw two interceptions uh that is his third and fourth interception of the year um but it's it's positive that we've seen so far and we had that 6.0 yards per attempt um we're seeing bryce young trend up here he i don't think he becomes anything until next year when they maybe get some weapons and fix their o-line situation I know that they have significant cap space, although they don't have any picks. Um, but I think Bryce is, you know, it's good to see something positive out of him when we all spent kind of high draft capital on him and, you know, had seen so much from Alabama. Um, question, like the only question about Bryce Young was his uh, size and, it looked like he had some decision-making issues early on. It kind of seems like he might not have that issue anymore. Um, but we'll see how it goes uh, going forward. And I think they're, next week might be pretty tough for him um, against the Dolphins. Um, but the Dolphins have allowed the 10th most quarterback or points to quarterbacks in the league. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens with him 
this week. I would not ever draft Bryce Young on any DFS stuff. He's going for 5,100 right now. That's insane. Uh, but it's good to see something positive out of him. Everything that we had seen was negative, and we are starting to see a shift in the direction that he's going. Um, and hopefully we continue to see it work out like that. Um, so our next guy here is Puka. I have doubted Puka. I have been just anti Puka. I don't know. Um, I kind of felt like when Cooper cup came back, uh, he was going to take some of those, uh, targets away. And I know that Cooper Cup and Puka kind of play differently, um, but it feels like Puka is really one of those guys in the Rams' offense. Um, He had 11 targets for seven receptions and a touchdown, 71 yards this week with Cooper Cup back. Um, I... This is about the most positive thing that you could have seen from Puka this week. Uh, He had the most targets that he's had in the last three games with Cooper Cup. And it was just uh, adding value everywhere uh, on the field. Um, So I think he's kind of passed that test of Cooper Cup coming back. Um, And we'll hope that he keeps it up going forward because... Um, I just, I don't know. I don't see how it, he doesn't. Uh, they go into Arizona next week. Um, they're favored by seven points. So I think that that might be another game that Puka kind of shows out. And there's just a high chance of him continuing to output value. Um, and then we'll cover the other side of this Cooper Cup coming back equation pretty soon. Um... And then the last guy that I have here, and I hinted at this earlier, is Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison is scoring touchdowns like every week, I think. Uh, Not every week. He's three touchdowns so far, weeks one, two, and week five. Um, He has 61 in week one, 72 in week two, 52 in week three, zero yards in week four, and 64 in week five. Um, He's running routes at a pretty high rate. He has a very high snap share, uh, and he's getting lots of targets minus that week against Carolina. Um, Jordan Addison is now the wide receiver one on the Vikings for the next four weeks at the very least. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to love to throw Jordan Addison the ball. I think Jordan Addison is going to get a massive boost in value. If you buy into Jordan Addison, I mean, it's kind of too late now, but if you had bought into Jordan Addison, you are loving the fact that Justin Jefferson went down because he's just going to get guaranteed volume. Him and TJ Hawkinson are going to see massive bumps in value just off of the production that they do in these next four weeks because they don't really have anybody besides them on the Vikings. Um, You know, it might be best to sell after like two weeks so that nobody really thinks about why it's happening or like if um, Justin Jefferson coming back is going to have an immediate impact on that production. 
Um, but when given the opportunity, I think just or Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson are going to feast. Um, so that's what I have to say about him. Um, so definitely keep an eye on how that like target share, um, air yard share works out in this next game up against Chicago. I uh, don't really know who's going to win this game. The Chicago's favored by two and a half. Um, but we'll see what happens with Justin Jefferson out and the Bears on the rise. All right. And then for the last rookie riser of the week, I have Josh Downs. Um, Josh Downs has managed to put up tons of value with uh, Gardner Minshew. Anthony Richardson is now on the IR. And I think Josh Downs is going to continue to output uh, some fantasy numbers. Uh, he's definitely the wide receiver two on the Colts now behind Michael Pittman. Um, and it seems like he's kind of been that slot guy over there. Uh, this past week he had six targets, six receptions for 97 yards. Um, and he's just kind of keeps trending in the right direction from what, what I saw as he was like a mid second round pick, um, and a mid second round pick averaging, I don't know, like maybe 10 fantasy points a game is something that you love to see, um, going forward. Um, this upcoming week, they are at Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is kind of on the come up. So it might be tough for the Colts in general. Um, but I think Josh Downs should see some good volume in that game, um, assuming that Jacksonville gets up and tries to run out the clock. Um, so for my next guy this is the start of the rookie fallers i have anthony richardson uh this sucks anthony richardson has been pretty incredible when he's been on the field um but anthony richardson has not been able to stay on the field um you know this is a guy that kind of he has 40 rushing yards, 35, 56, and 5. And he hasn't even finished most of these games. Um, he's running the ball a ton. He's had two games, uh, 200 yards passing. And he kind of he put up 75% completion percentage with 98 yards before he went out last game. And uh, it's kind of tough to see. He's He's not able to avoid the contact, and he's not staying healthy because of it. Um, Anthony Richardson, although he's great when he's on the field, and I don't know, I don't really assume that being injury-prone is a thing in careers, but I have seen that there are some guys, and it's usually the running quarterbacks that really can't stay healthy, like Trey Lance. Um, so... As much as you love what you've seen from Anthony Richardson when he's on the field, it is a little bit scary. Uh, he will have a shorter um, viability as a quarterback um, in the league as a rushing quarterback. And it's it's not great so far. Um, you know, 
maybe they take him these next four to eight weeks and they say, stop running directly into people. Um, but we'll see kind of how that turns out. There's definitely a world where Anthony Richardson plays a little bit safer, remains a great fantasy asset and is able to kind of maintain health going forward in his career. But there's also definitely a world where he isn't, uh, which is scary because that, that really wasn't something I had considered, uh, previously. So Anthony Richardson is our first rookie cell. Our next rookie cell is tough. Uh, this is Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is like 23 and a half already. He is now the wide receiver three on the Packers. Jordan Love hasn't looked incredible, not incredible enough to support three wide receivers, not even two. Um, so it's pretty much Christian Watson, and that's it on the Packers right now. And ever since Christian Watson came back, uh, Jaden Reed has had a lower snap count. So it's directly impacting Jaden Reed that they're not, I don't have the stats here, sorry, they're not on what I'm using. But yeah, they're not using him as much as they were. Um, he had been really good in like week two. Uh, he had two touchdowns, um, then weeks three and four, 97 air yards, 90 air yards. And then week five, he had two targets. Um, so Anthony Richards or uh, Jordan Reed, uh, definitely negatively impacted by the return of Christian Watson and might be a guy that going forward, you're not going to get much out of this year. I don't know what Romeo Dubs contract looked like. Um, but Anthony Richardson might not really have fantasy viability on the Packers. Did I say Anthony Richardson again? Okay, well, Jaden Reed. Uh, my bad there. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, we might get some change in target shares or whatever. Uh, air yards percentage. Maybe Jordan Love learns to spread the ball out more. I don't know. He's kind of been doing that already. Um, but it just kind of feels like Jaden Reed might have like one, two uh, crazy high output games for the rest of the year and then really nothing else. So maybe more of a deep best ball league guy um, than anything. Uh, but he's kind of not startable, not going to be startable for a pretty long time on the Packers. So it's tough. Okay. Uh, next up here, we have the long-term risers. Um, and I think the first guy here is DJ Moore. I was pretty wrong about DJ Moore last week as my only sit. Uh, I hit on some of the starts, but as, yeah, as the only sit DJ Moore showed up and kind of made me look like an idiot uh dj moore and justin fields have a good connection um and justin fields has really looked like he's improved as a passer so 10 targets eight receptions and three touchdowns with 230 yards 
That's after he had nine targets, eight receptions, 131 yards with 27 point, uh, 27 fantasy points. Um, ever since week one, DJ Moore has been a reliable fantasy start. He's 16.4, 13.1, 27.1, and 49 fantasy points. So I'm thinking that going forward, I mean, I know the Bears only have one win, so there's still a chance that the Bears regress and they're able to um, pick up Caleb Williams, and that's kind of a a one way of looking at DJ Moore. And then the other way is looking at it because the whole team's so bad. If they don't get Caleb Williams and don't finish worse in the league, which the Panthers could also do, um, is DJ Moore has uh, Justin Fields who carried the bears to a, a decent season. Um, and in that situation, Justin Fields is probably going to stay as the Bears quarterback at least for another year, and they will have already built up a good uh, connection. So I kind of was hating on DJ Moore as like a contender asset and more of a rebuild asset, um, thinking of him as as a rebuild asset. And um, it's kind of looking like DJ Moore is playing with the best quarterback that he's ever had. And is really good, um, which is tough. Um, so I think you can buy DJ Moore as a rebuilder. Uh, he's probably going to regress a little bit um, in terms of fantasy points per game. But, you know, he's kind of a contender pickup right now. Um, just really feels like Justin Fields is looking his way a lot and having a lot of success with that, which is building confidence around their connection. Um, so I would say go get DJ Moore. Uh, they play Minnesota next, who hasn't been great. Um, so I think if you were to go get DJ Moore uh, for like a first and a second, like a late first and maybe early second, late first, late second, and third, um, it's probably worth it as a contender right now because he's only 26 um, and he's kind of been really developing his connection with Justin Fields. And then again, as I said, if it's not Justin Fields, it's potentially Caleb Williams or Drake May. So I think he's a, he's got to go get. Um, next up here, I'm going to do kind of a two for one. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Travis Etienne are long-term risers here. I don't know if that really means buy yet because usually long-term riser, the difference between like a, a riser in value and somebody that's you're projecting to have kind of has had their situation turn around and their future production outlook turn around is that it has already turned around um, as opposed to kind of a, a buy and sell is you want to buy somebody who looks bad right now and that could potentially flip soon. Um, so I think I have to kind of reframe that mindset a little bit. Um, but these guys, it has changed in Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville beat the bills. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't really 
say that it hasn't changed and, and acknowledge that they beat the Bills. Uh, Calvin Ridley put up eight. He had eight targets for seven receptions, 122 yards. Um, he looked great. And then Travis Etienne on the other side had uh, some good numbers as well. He had 26 carries, five targets, four receptions, 184 total yards. Um, that was incredible. I don't have my touchdowns here, but I think he had two touchdowns uh, in addition to all those yards. So both these guys are really awesome. Uh, it was good to see the team be a little bit more composed. Next week, they're playing Indy, uh, and I think it kind of looks up from here for them. I don't, I don't know. I think they were at a low point. I think it, it was kind of like a a rusty start to the season for Jacksonville. And, you know, now that they got that big win against the Bills, they should be able to hopefully move forward and, and really take a step in the right direction uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. And these two guys are his main targets. Uh, so it kind of is all trending in the right direction for that. Um, you know, the targets, the carries, everything has to go somewhere. And if Trevor Lawrence and the, the Jaguars are going to be successful, these are the two guys that they're going to go to. Um, so, yeah. All right. And that kind of finishes up the long-term risers. And then we have the long-term fallers. The first guy I hinted at earlier, it's Tutu Atwell. Um, I just traded for Tutu Atwell like I know that this situation has completely changed and I kind of didn't care because I'm trying to rebuild and I had Adam Thielen and you know whatever um but yeah Tutu Atwell plays the slot I believe on the Rams and he's been overtaken by Cooper Cup um before this week, he had been doing really well against um, his win rate versus man defense, his target rate versus man defense. Um, don't see his zone, but it seems like he is the number two in total route wins for this week. Um, and he had you know two touchdowns. Uh, seven deep targets and 388 air yards and was apparently number one in routes run in the league. I don't know if I believe that, but um, since then, uh, Tutu Atwell has gotten five targets for two receptions and a touchdown nine yards um five targets isn't that bad um you know his target share though did dip a little bit i believe let me pull up matt stafford from last week and see what i can find about that um but yeah tutu atwell is just kind of replaced now by um cooper cup uh, I mean, Matt Stafford threw the ball 37 times, so five targets is not an incredible number of targets to get. Um, you know, 12 of those to Cooper Cup, 11 to Puka, 
and five, two, two, two. So he's kind of the third option on this team from a receiving perspective now. And I don't think that's enough to continue to sustain the fantasy uh, output that he was doing. Um, I know Cooper Cup is uh, sneaky kind of old. So he's 31 and a half. Or no, he's, how old is he? He's 30. Um, so I think maybe in the future, I, I just don't see the Rams ever getting rid of Cooper Cup. He's done a lot for them. Um, but maybe in the future, some opportunity does open up in the slot for 2-2, and he's able to be a viable fantasy asset because he's not a bad receiver. Um, it's just that his situation has kind of fallen apart over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so that's the first guy that I have here. And then the second guy that I have here is Ramondre. Uh, so Ramondre Stevenson is obviously on the Patriots. And what we know about the Patriots is that Bill Belichick hates using the same uh, running back. And I had bought Ramondre for like two seconds in the offseason, just on the off chance that he was able to put out consistent production, uh, specifically receiving production. But if you're going to get into these situations as the Patriots and have awful game scripts and need to come back and and not really run the ball, not really establish the run, uh, Ramondre is going to really suffer because of that. Um, he had eight carries this past week, two targets, 24 total yards, um, and he's kind of been trending down ever since the season started. Um so I think Ramondre is a guy that I don't know if you can get out from under him anymore. He might be somebody that you just try to hold on, maybe get one good week, uh, especially if that good week comes next week against Las Vegas. Um, I don't know. He could be the guy that gets some receptions, gets some carries, uh, but I think the Patriots are kind of dead in the water. Um, and because of that, Ramondre is going to suffer a lot. Um, I think Zeke got some carries because of that as well. Um, I'm pulling up Zeke's page right now. And Zeke just got eight carries additionally, four targets. So... It's kind of become an even mix here of Zeke and Ramondre, and they're both kind of not usable in fantasy football this, this um, year. I don't know. Maybe Ramondre gets some more opportunity next year, but it just seems like from the long-term perspective, um, he's not going to be that guy in New England, and New England is really not the team to support a good running back right now either. Um, so I know I said I was going to talk about some dynasty strategies i'll quickly get into one strategy that i always try to use and then kind of bail on and get uh a cold feet about but this first strategy that i'll be covering is the uh sort of productive struggle idea um basically let's call it super flex um you build out from your quarterbacks first um, and then you do wide receivers and then tight end and then running back last. Um, so this kind of lands you in a position. So you try to just completely, honestly, like what I would 
try to do going back is not draft a single running back. Um, I did this strategy with like an auction and I used, I drafted James Cook, uh, Javante and JK Dobbins. Um, so this was my like attempt of getting cheap running backs that might still have good production because uh, they're coming off of injury or in unknown situations. They really haven't established themselves. Um, but even that, I'm I'm facing some injuries, um, some underproduction. Um, and I would just say that you should start absolutely the worst running backs that you can find on the waiver wire, even if you even bother to roster them. Um, build around that quarterback and wide receiver positions. Um, try to go in and draft running backs so that you know they'll have that like guaranteed four years or whatever uh, on their team of five years if they're a first-round pick. Um, and that's more valuable than kind of anything that you can get after a rookie running back. Because like let's say I, the Jonathan Taylor situation, you're getting three years. Uh, and that's pretty hard to find, but still uh those running backs often come into the league especially first round picks like Bijan, as viable fantasy assets and they're guys that you can get especially if you already have your quarterbacks covered and your wide receivers covered um sometimes cheap uh like a fourth fourth overall first round pick or something like that for like a Bijan or Bijan was first this year but Maybe like a Jonathan Taylor or something is is closer to like third or fourth compared to like the first quarterback off the board, which is sometimes harder to get. Um, so you could, if you do end up in the position where you are able to get like, let's say Caleb Williams next year, you can trade back and get a running back um, instead. The alternative to this uh, kind of going for rookies idea is trading for old running backs. So you can give up like a first for Joe Mixon, uh, who hasn't really been that productive this year. Or, I don't know, maybe like a second for Raheem Moster if you're really, really trying to compete. Um, maybe James Conner, who's now hurt. Uh, Josh Jacobs, some of those older guys. Uh, Jarek Henry was kind of the, the pinnacle of that back for a long time, but it seems like he's kind of fallen off. Um, so, yeah, just the productive struggle is all about building around the positions that have longevity. Uh and trying to uh, kind of sub in running backs specifically where they fit into your uh, kind of two or three year window. Um, so whether that be a rookie that you can get with your rookie pick or um, just kind of trading a future second rounder for somebody that might be like a Brian Robinson uh, level viable option that's going to offer you like 10 points a game, especially if you have like, a, let's say, uh, Burrow, Tua, and then, I don't know, Justin Jefferson. I, I just assume that no one has Justin Jefferson. Let's say A.J. Brown, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Like, if you have that team, and then Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta, if you have that team and you plug in any running backs, you're going to do great for the most part. So it's just about trying to get running backs that offer like 10 points a game uh, because that position does have so much volatility and you can lose value very fast there. Um, okay, so I hope I covered the productive struggle a little bit. Um, 
I know it's like my favorite thing to do. I'd be happy to go into depth a little bit more on that. Um, like maybe another time, um, maybe kind of keep diving into it next week a little bit more, but I think I covered like the, the core components of it. Um, so I know this was kind of a longer episode than, I mean, they keep getting longer. I guess this is why like the podcasts that I listen to that have been around for a long time are like three hours long. So you just keep getting longer. You just keep trying to cover more stuff. Um, but I hope the format of covering dynasty in one episode works a little bit better. Um, I know that, uh, it's kind of hard to pay attention to redraft dynasty and daily all at the same time. So I will be covering daily tomorrow. Um, and that will just cover starts, sits, uh, of some of the more popular guys and then some value finds and, um, maybe a couple stacks as well. Um, so cool. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I don't know if anyone's still here, but, uh, great. Appreciate it.